Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Thursday, December 10th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. The Great Conjunction is upon us. Learn when and how to see Saturn and Jupiter closer than they've visibly been for 800 years. The Austin, Texas pop-up bringing canceled Taco Bell menu items back to life. Advice from a Japanese wellness expert on staying fit without entering a gym. And Deepfake Santa is here to spread Christmas cheer. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. It's all been leading up to this. For the better part of the year, Saturn and Jupiter have been super bright in the sky, getting ever closer together. And on December 21st, their orbits will align within a tenth of a degree apart in an event referred to as a Great Conjunction. A great conjunction happens about every 20 years, but this time it will be the closest that Saturn and Jupiter have been to each other since 1623, and the closest they've been will also visible from Earth since 1226. That's because when they came this close back in 1623, it was 13 degrees away from the Sun, so it was next to impossible to actually view from Earth. And it won't happen again until 2080, so probably not something most of us will be seeing. And part of what makes this so exciting is that you don't even need a telescope or binoculars to see it. Although, of course, you'd get some pretty rad views with those instruments. But the planets and their close alignment are completely visible to the naked eye. And while they'll be closest on the 21st, you can already see the planets in the sky now as they get ever closer each night. Just look low to the southwest about an hour after sunset. Jupiter is much brighter, so you may spot it first, and then Saturn will be above it and to the left if you're in the northern hemisphere. And on the day of the conjunction, the distance between the two will appear to be about a dime's width apart if held out at arm's length. And so even in the days leading up to the 21st, you will not have to look very far from Jupiter to see Saturn. Quoting the New York Times, The conjunction is the result of the orbital paths of Jupiter and Saturn coming into line as viewed from Earth. Jupiter orbits the Sun every 12 years, and Saturn about every 29 years. Although they will appear to be close together, resembling a bright ball or a tipped-over snowman in the sky, said Amy Oliver, a spokeswoman for the Center for Astrophysics, Harvard, and Smithsonian, the planets will not actually be that close. In fact, they will be more than 400 million miles apart. Jupiter and Saturn will appear as two wandering stars that are kind of right on top of one another, said Constantin Badigan, a professor of planetary science at the California Institute of Technology. If you wait long enough, it's bound to happen because their orbital paths intersect, but it doesn't happen that often. Some are calling the conjunction a Christmas star because of its arrival around the holiday, end quote. But apart from it being near Christmas, the Great Conjunction is occurring on the winter solstice here in the northern hemisphere, or the summer solstice in the southern hemisphere. As the sun reaches its southernmost position in the sky, us in the northern hemisphere will have our shortest day of the year. Which means the sun will be setting early, so don't wait too long to go see the planets, because they'll start sinking not too long after sunset. And if you want some other nighttime viewing in the lead-up, the Geminids meteor shower is active right now through December 17th. Quoting NASA, 
The Geminids produce a good number of meteors most years, but they're made even better this year as the shower's peak coincides with a nearly new moon, thus making for darker skies with no moonlight to interfere with the fainter meteors. The Geminids peak overnight on December 13th into the morning of the 14th, with some meteor activity visible in the days before and after. Viewing is good all night for the Northern Hemisphere, with activity peaking around 2 a.m. local time and after midnight for viewers in the Southern Hemisphere. For best viewing, find a safe location away from bright city lights, lie flat on the ground with your feet pointing south, and look up. Meteors can appear in any part of the sky, though they'll appear to radiate from near the constellation Gemini. End quote. So plenty of cool things to see in the sky this month, and all you have to do is look up. Some of you may remember earlier this year when Taco Bell controversially cut several beloved items from its menu, including their quesaritos, nacho supreme, seven-layer burrito, and Mexican pizza. Taco Bell saw how absolutely horrible 2020 had been already and said, hold my beer. But now, some fans in Austin, Texas are here to save the day, at least for anyone who lives near Austin, Texas. The owners of a local bar called The Cavalier, Rochelle Fox and Chadwick Leisure, have opened a new pop-up called Taco Fuego that is serving up a full menu of their spins on departed Taco Bell favorites. Quoting Eater Austin, there's the Latin pizza, their take on Taco Bell's Mexican pizza, double-layer tacos, Taco Bell's Double Decker Taco, the Multi-Layer Burrito, Taco Bell's Seven-Layer Burrito, and Cheesy Fuego Potatoes, the Cheesy Fiesta Potatoes, since Taco Bell nixed all of its potato items over the summer. Cinnamon Twists will also be available as an add-on during pickup, end quote. And according to their Instagram, they are also offering cocktails to go, including Mold Dr. Pepper which is an old tradition kind of making a comeback this year that I'm going to dive into more tomorrow. Like in many cities around the world, pop-ups have been proving quite successful in Austin during lockdown as established restaurants look for creative ways to safely attract customers and out-of-work chefs devise entrepreneurial means to bring in some income. One appeal of the pop-ups is their ephemeral nature. Many are only open on certain days of the week or only once ever, and they frequently change locations as they partner with different local businesses. And true to form, Taco Fuego completely sold out on their first night of operation on Wednesday and won't be open again until January, as they plan on only operating once a month. But due to the huge success of their first day, they've said they plan on stocking far more food for their next run. So if you're anywhere near Austin, definitely check them out and get your fix of these sadly canceled Taco Bell dishes, because if the corporation's total non-response to 150,000 petition signers is any indication, you won't be getting the real deal there ever again. This was a quick link on Kaki.org on Monday that I wanted to highlight. It's an article from Kaki Okamura, a Japanese-American journalist and wellness blogger whose work mostly revolves around helping people apply various Japanese philosophies and habits to their own lives in the pursuit of living longer and healthier. And this particular piece I wanted to share focuses on how to stay active and healthy without going to the gym, something many of us are missing as gyms are largely closed this year. 
But Okimura goes a bit further and suggests lifestyle changes that can keep you fit without any gym-like overexertion. And while the thesis of the article reminds me a lot of a book my mom used to have called French Women Don't Get Fat, Okamura's approach is way less body shaming and much more uplifting for folks who have been intimidated or turned off by gyms and fitness influencers and that kind of thing. Okamura points to a Rakuten Insight survey of a thousand Japanese citizens ages 20 to 60, which showed that about half of respondents only exercise once a month or not at all. Some said they didn't have the time, and others said they just weren't interested. But despite that, Japan has one of the highest life expectancies of all high-income nations and are well known for being quite healthy. And that may be because if you change the definition of exercise, from pumping iron at the gym, doing CrossFit, or running 10Ks, it turns out that most Japanese people are exercising quite a bit, and mostly through walking. Quoting Okamura, Japanese adults walk an average of 6,500 steps a day, with male adults in their 20s to 50s walking nearly 8,000 steps a day on average, and women in their 20s to 50s about 7,000 steps. Okinawans in particular are well known for their walking culture, being especially mindful about incorporating movement in their daily lifestyle. Nagano, a rural prefecture in Japan, was able to flip their high stroke rate by incorporating over 100 walking routes, and now their citizens enjoy the highest rates of longevity in the country. End quote. Of course, it helps that most of their towns are built for this. You know, their cities are designed to be walkable, and they have safe, reliable, and affordable public transportation. Especially in many parts of the United States, you simply can't walk anywhere. Not anywhere you'd run an errand to, anyways. And maybe doing some more designing of walking routes or trails would help in some places like it did in Nagano, but many of those same places, and I'm thinking mostly here of the southern U.S., are also so hot and humid for so many months out of the year that it's not safe for people to spend that much time outside. I mean, I went back to visit my high school for my reunion a few years back, and they had built a massive indoor football field so that the football players and marching band could practice without getting heat stroke in the 110-degree weather over the summer. So all I'm saying is that while walking is definitely a great tip, it still turns into exercise for some people when you can't just incorporate it into your regular commuting like people in cities can. But, as Okamura points out, even if you're making a point to go for walks, and therefore it's kind of more like exercise, it's still probably less intimidating and more pleasant than other forms of exercise or fitness trends. You know, cardio is great for your heart health, but you can also get a lot more bang for your buck just by walking a bit more each week. No fancy equipment or macro tracking required if you don't want it. And I know, just walk more is a super basic tip, not particularly insightful. But especially as someone who worked from home prior to the pandemic, I was shocked to realize just how little I'm walking now compared to before. Like I didn't think my lifestyle had changed that much. And the weeks when I do take the time to go on several long walks, I feel significantly better. It clears my head gets me out of the house, and loosens up my joints and muscles that are starting to form into a permanent typing-at-a-desk position. Just walking more is obvious and underwhelming as a tip, and that's kind of Okamura's point. Sometimes the simplest thing is all you need. 
I talked last week about Zoom Santa. Well, get ready for Deepfake Santa. So while lots of Santa Claus performers have gone virtual this year, there's another option out there thanks to UK-based startup Synthesia, AI Santa. This version is more digital greeting card than an actual Santa visit for the kids, so despite how eerily realistic it is, fortunately I don't think he'll be stealing any jobs from regular Santa performers who have already seen their incomes slashed this season. So Synthesia is a company with a slew of virtual actors that advertise themselves as a way to make videos without actors, film crews, or studios, quote, as easy as writing an email. They do a lot of work in the realm of corporate training videos and localized news reports in various translations for major networks like the BBC, and they occasionally pull off big public stunts, like their 2019 deepfake of David Beckham speaking nine different languages as part of a Malaria No More campaign. That was with his permission, by the way. He shot the English version, and they just used AI to make it look like he was seamlessly speaking the other languages. And that campaign ended up raising over $3 million for malaria research. So now they've turned their goodwill towards personalized greetings from Santa Claus, which anyone can make for free. All you have to do is go to the website, link in the show notes, pick one of four themed backgrounds, type in your message, there's a limit of 300 characters, so don't plan on getting too wordy, give them your email, and then within about an hour, you'll receive a video of Santa reciting your message with a link to download it so you can share on social media. And Debugger has a fun tip of posting it somewhere without acknowledging that it's AI and just seeing how people react. Like, will they think that you paid a ton of money to have this actor read out your friend's name? And it is pretty impressive, but I will say, as you might expect, that getting the pronunciation just right can be a little tough. So I'll also put a link to Synesthesia's tips on tweaking what you type to be pronounced as intended. It's things like phonetically typing out some words or being a bit creative with your placement of periods and commas. For example, I learned that for a Santa Claus avatar, he's really bad at saying ho ho ho. I tried a few different versions and the inflection was just not right on any of them. But to give you a little teaser of how it works, I went ahead and made Santa say a special message just for you. It's not really as impressive without seeing the actor, so if you want to see the video as well, I will post it on my Twitter today. You can find it at JackIsNotABird, link in the show notes. But here is the audio version. The team at the Kotki Ride Home asked me to thank you for listening to the show and helping make this year a bit brighter. Wishing you glad tidings and good cheer. From Jack, the team, and me, Santa, have a very Merry Christmas. There doesn't appear to be a limit on how many you can make, so if you were really looking for a good digital greeting card to send to your whole list of friends and family this year, give it a shot, I guess. And just as a note, Synesthesia has a strong ethics and community guidelines policy, so they do warn that your message will be manually reviewed and that political, sexual, offensive, or criminal content will not be allowed, so keep it clean. No sexy Santas here. That is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go make Santa Claus talk about how much he loves quesaritos and send that video over to Taco Bell Corporate because, I mean, come on. They can't say no to Santa. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>